Neil, just take the damn vaccine. I have already. Stop right. pestering me. Are you sure you've taken it? Four of them. All right. Did you get I your took, booster? I took a mix. I took one from Pfizer, one from Moderna, one from J&J. Yeah. And AstraZeneca. And Sputnik. Cocktail. Did you yes. get the Sputnik one, though? No, 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 not that, that Russian was, stuff. You, you wouldn't go with that Russian technology. That Russian stuff will flow you. Russian technology is very bad. <laughs> Shouldn't bother Russian technology. Wouldn't trust it. No. Um, yeah, it's um, so. What's happening in the world today? Uh, vaccines, yeah. It's about the vaccines. Uh, do you know? Do you know a lot of people actually? Um, it's just anecdotal evidence. Heard from a lot, of, a lot of people that when they ask people why they got the vaccine. Mm. The vast majority of them, and this would be probably mostly healthy, younger, healthy people, did it just because of compliance, because they wanted oh. to, didn't want to be cut out of society. So they'd go ahead and just get it for that reason. It's ridiculous, though, that in a situation, you might just think about that situation where people are getting a vaccine not for health reasons. I know. Probably the large majority of people getting a vaccine not really for health reasons when it comes down to it. Maybe not a large majority, but certainly I'd say a majority of people yeah. getting a vaccine. Getting, getting, taking a medical treatment on pain of being kind Exclusion. of ex, ex, excommunicated. excommunicated. It's, it's our day's yeah. version of yeah. being excommunicated from right. the church. Yeah, that, that's the kind of world we live in, and so many people don't have, don't seem to have a problem with it, or just kind of like putting their fingers in their ears and yeah. you know, going la la la, everything's fine, this is fine, it's normal. That I don't government. blame them too much, though. I mean, it's what they're, they're saying is logical. Because yeah. when the government tells you to your face, you will not be allowed to do all of these things unless you do it, the logic response is to do it. Yeah. Well, what does that say about, about the whole situation, about government and uh, what's actually going on uh, around these vaccines? What does it say about the motivation for the vaccines? It's just about money then. Somebody just wanted to bilk, uh, Big Pharma wanted to bilk uh, the public purse. Uh, I wanted to steal from the public purse to the tune of... You know, billions and billions of dollars and enrich them. Either that or, well, I mean, obviously you can get into control. Governments might went along, might have gone along with it for, you know, they like a bit of control. They like to force people to do things and make sure people stay in line and all that kind of a stuff. A bit of control. A bit of control. like a bit of control now a again. You know. <laughs> a bit more than a the bit. The odd politician likes a bit of control now and again. Come on. He likes to, I mean, they're just, like I keep saying on the show, you know, uh, governments, uh, politicians, job description is control the population. Not care for the population, control the population. So when the opportunity for control comes along, they're going to welcome it with open arms mm. and not let go. They're going to hold on tight. Um, that was the case from the get-go. Remember at the very beginning, Mr. Vaccine Skeptic in the British press. Um, what's his name? The brother of the guy who died. Uh, Peter Hitchens. Yeah. Great, great skeptic on the numbers last year, COVID nonsense 2020. <clears throat> January rolls around. New editorial. I took the vaccine. I know, I know, I know. I did it because I want to travel. Yeah. I've got a second home in France. Look, I just did it. Done. I want to travel. Those people, not know, those people aren't very uh, resourceful. Someone like that isn't very resourceful because it, yeah, because it's it has been possible to travel. Of course. In and out. Pretty much for the entire time. Uh, and, you know, we know that from... Uh, personal experience so um it's bizarre it's yeah. it's i don't know well there's an article we can pull up later maybe it's kind of tangential to covid but um someone in the u.s realized <laughs> it was in your face it didn't take much digging it was in the federalist uh website 
hang on a second. There is no vaccine mandate mm. from Biden. That great announcement last week where he would fine companies up to $700,000 if they themselves did not mandate mm. vaccination of their employees. She went, hang on a second. There is no, there's a bunch of lawsuits lined up, but their lawyers are telling us that they're not acting on them because nothing legal has been passed. All it is is a press release. Mm. Mm. Well, that's... <laughs> there's no executive order. There's no Congress. There's no bill in, in motion. And they've tried, well, they've tried hard. And, so and, much of this bluff. Yeah. It's the information, uh, the era of information, right? We're in the information sphere right now, and most people get their information, get their understanding of what, what reality is and what they should do from the media and those kind of missives from governments and stuff, and they don't question them. Uh, no one questions, it seems, or very few people question these days. So it's really important to question, always doubt. Question science, question government, and question yourself, you know. I think, therefore, I am. Did I see that last night? Yeah. Mm. It's not just I think, I, therefore, I am. It's I, I doubt. doubt, therefore, I think, therefore, I am. Or I question, therefore, I think, therefore, I am. If you don't question, you're not nothing. You're nothing. You're not nothing. Not nothing. You're non, non-being. Yeah. Well, they're kind of, yeah, NPCs. No, no, no. Not to, you know. Don't be getting racist. <laughs> <laughs> That's racism. Well, one thing that uh, no one questions, it's bizarre, especially from the people who have made a career doing kind of what we do out of questioning official narratives. They're on song about COVID to one extent or another. James Corbett, um, Infowars, Alt Media, Rebel News, a whole bunch of them. Busy, busy on the COVID front. When it comes to China, it goes out the window. China is asshole. They lit, like literally just eat up every CIA missive on that topic. On that topic, as they did on Russia. Well, not not, not so much on Russia. Russia. Not on Russia. Is that is that, is that racism? Because um, it can't be communism. Because Russia had communism it's too. Kind of. It's a bit more. It's kind of racism. You can see why the, the resp- Chinese form Chinese official responses have cited racism. I don't think it's racism per se. I think it's more to do with egotism. Basically, the U.S. slash the West is number one, baby, has been for X hundred years, and China is the first real China in its current form. Is the why first do they give a free counter pass? to that? Why do they give a free pass to Russia, though? Well, it's not a real counter. Ch- Russia isn't really at risk of. Oh, well, why did the skeptics yeah. give a free pass to the official? Why, why are they? Narrative? Why are they able to expose? Why were they able to see the bullshit around uh, the attacks and the demonization of Russia, but they can't see it on China? Racism. Racism, because they're white. Possibly, yeah. But there's also, in China's case, there is... China is evil, is that what you're saying? The Chaikoms are coming to get us? Well, on the first topic we'll discuss, the origins of COVID. Didn't they do... There is a big honking elephant in the room, which was fake news slash not allowed to be discussed, and it kind of is now again, which is China lab leak theory. Mm. It's understandable why people jump on that and say, well, look, it originated in Wuhan. So and oh look, there's a lab there that's into this kind of is thing. Is that worse than Novichok? I suppose it is, yeah. It is. Yeah, Novichok wasn't global, was it? Novichok is, is different where it's supposedly from a Russian lab, but all our evidence is held by us over here in England. Right. Here it's different. China's left holding... China has all the evidence. <laughs> the broken syringes from the vaccine virus they're working on and the first outbreak officially in Wuhan. Yeah. And it's, it's a bad look. You can see why that's, that's there is the plausible theory. grounds for... Although there's not. 
when you look at it, when you question. On the surface, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can see where people Scratch go. the surface. That's all of it suspicious. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so the whole, the whole pandemic thing certainly helped to demonize, uh, demonize uh, China. To a new level. It's been going on for five because years. Because it's global, though. right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, the pandemic affected everybody. Everybody had a problem. And if it's China to blame, then China's evil and China's bad. The stuff against Russia was, you know, did the old bad thing here and there. They might have, you know, they allegedly... Well, the worst thing is they kill their own politicians at home. And right. this and, guy over here in, UK in, in Salisbury. But yeah, otherwise... The Skripals. Yeah. It, it's, and Navalny poisoned him too. Navalny, again, in their own country. Last year. Evil to their own people. With Navi shock. But China is now left holding the can for harm done to us. To the entire home. world, yeah. the entire world, yeah. yeah. Um, but is, what is the evidence for it? Well, obviously, it's the, one, the name, the, the connection I just mentioned, Wuhan lab. You know, Wuhan lab, that's all you need. the source of the outbreak. There's a well, lab that's, there. That's what, that's what has substantially been based on the last 18 months. And now and then, there's a little bit of... What happened last week was some new information came to light and it kind of refueled, rekindled the China did it blame game. Um, let's look at it. Yeah. The claim is reported, of course, in uh, mostly Anglophone media. We'll look at the Australian's article, the Australian newspaper in Aussie. Um, Wuhan in early shopping spree for COVID-19 test kits. Okay, so right off the bat, that's fake. Uh, it's a, it's a dishonest um, title because it's not test kits for COVID-19 per se. It's PCR tests. PCR tests. PCR tests have been around since the 1980s. Yeah. Invented by Carrie uh, Mullis yeah. in 1983 and used extensively since then for all sorts of different reasons, including actually one of the main uses of them outside of any the old global pandemic um, is for animal husbandry specifically for testing livestock, uh, particularly chickens and birds. Um, China uh, had major epidemics of bird flu, testing all their chickens last year, 2019, actually. Uh, anyway, so that the source of this, who, who are these people? Let's, let's go back to the article here. <clears throat> um, okay, scroll down there. Okay, let's see. Let's see. There was a buy-up of coronavirus. No, it was testing equipment PCR. for many viruses whatever in Wuhan in 2019 with purchasing contracts increasing by more than 50% from 2018 okay it's actually less than 50% but anyway I read their document okay um, official Chinese government procurement data okay shows the buy-up of PCR equipment began in July mm-hmm. Other so, uh, well it's July or May depending on what you're looking at but anyway the data has been handled to intelligence officials. Well, intelligence <laughs> officials who really, really want to prove that China did it. <laughs> we'll find out later on. Maybe we won't get to it, so I'll just say it right now. The data they're talking about, they didn't like do a cyber hack of Chinese government websites and find incriminating data. They found publicly listed purchasing contracts. There was nothing hidden. But okay, they did a dig and they came up with publicly available who, information. Who's they? Who is they? Cybersecurity experts. Um, well, let, let's just keep on with what okay. they're, like they're claiming it is. Okay, so it could point to Chinese awareness pre-December, right? Okay. But they, so the data could also indicate an increasing focus on virological research in no way. laboratories. Seriously? Because, as they admit later, uh, down here, PCR equipment purchases were up from... 
2018 to 2019 and so on, up year on year, all the way back from 2016. Indeed, it did jump from 2018 to 2019 more than other years. But, okay. What else do they say? Um, all the way through December, you see a massive, a massive increase in PCR procurement data. Not really a massive increase. If you look at it in a year on year, and this is in the, the document. So let's just say who these people are. They're basically a bunch of uh, Australian uh, they have an, a website called Internet 2. It's all about uh, cybersecurity, Internet 2.0. Uh, they're, they're cyber analysts or whatever, security analysts. One of them worked for the – main, the main guy, the founder, I think, worked for uh, Australian military intelligence yeah. for most of his career. So already he's, he's, he's got a bias, right? Uh, he's, there's a conflict of interest right there because obviously Australia, China, you know, tensions, Australia in the Western sphere – all of the Western sphere focused against China right now for different reasons, which we can touch on, and um, which we will touch on later. And so Australia basically putting out, you know, more data, more alleged evidence to fuel this narrative that yeah. China is to blame for the and for for the virus. So every they, step of the <clears> way, going back to March 2020, it has been American, British, or Australian intelligence reports right. that spurred. Media reporting, right, targeting China, right, accusing China of this. Um, it was the CIA under. Was he still there? Maybe he left by then, of course, because no, twenty nineteen, he was still there. It was still the Trump administration under um, Smugface. What's his name? Pompeo. Pompeo, who first directly pointed the finger at China, um, in a way that even Trump was being a bit more equivocal at the time. Um, there's more details in that report. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, they they name him, Mr. Robinson, who owns this uh, intelligence uh, 2.0, Internet 2.0 private intel organization, is, quote, a former Australian Army intelligence officer. So it, obviously this is not just neutrally gleaned investigative reporting. No. And then <clears throat> all these Western outlets are just repeating it as if it is. And so people get the impression, oh, wow, there's been a bombshell revelation. Yeah, which it wasn't. Thanks to our intrepid journalists. No, thanks to your intelligence people. Well, as if they have no vested interest. Yeah. But that's the big problem is people in Western countries not understanding the geopolitical nature of, of this entire situation. And any, any situation that pops up uh, where China or Russia are being demonized, people in the West don't understand the geopolitical context in which that's happening, the longstanding geopolitical context, and the reason Western countries have for wanting to push back and demonize and attack in one way or another their peer competitors, Russia and China. They never understand that. And so few people understand that. And it's essential because everything that you hear coming from Western media sources and Western governments about Russia and China has to be filtered through the understanding of uh, that broader geopolitical game that has been going on for, well, for decades, really. Uh, but it has been increasing uh, certainly in the last 10 or 20 years. Yeah, um, it's totally weak sauce. The, the biggest contract in 2019 specifically noted that they were for the military games right. in October. Right. The entire title of the contract was directly on the reason for that purchase. Mm -hmm. So if they did buy something with that games in mind, I mean, who knows what their own intelligence was, was suggesting to them that it was in the danger. lead up to that event. Yeah, for sure. They because wanted course, to test people. And indeed, there was an outbreak. Athletes returned home sick. Yeah. 
Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if if the Chinese have had that as a standard. They had a, a standing, they had something a standing, a standing procedure that whenever there's an international games like that, or especially military games in their country, that they have an eye to all sorts of different, you know, possible uh, skullduggery going on, and one of them being, you know, what are these people carrying with them, and or maybe even just from a purely health, yeah. pure health point of view, you want to test. All these people come from dozens or dozens and dozens of different countries to military games. Check this out. A U.S. government source, anonymous, again in this um, Australian report, commenting on the data, says, yeah, it raises a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Again, leaving the journalists and the, the, the listeners to go, to oh, yeah, place, so yeah. the U.S. government thinks it might have been yeah. China. Here's what he says specifically, quote, the increase in orders correlates with the time period in which the U.S. CDC and NIH were helping China expand its infectious disease influenza surveillance capacity. The increase in orders also occurs during the time when EcoHealth Alliance right. was increasing China's laboratory capacity. EcoHealth Alliance being, Alliance being a, a US-based, run by an English guy, um, viral research organization, uh, gain-of-function type research organization, and they're, they figure exactly. prominently. So he's condemning his own side. Yeah. Once you get away from the headline, and that's why they've been a little cagey with yeah. pushing China calls the virus, China calls Wuhan, Wuhan, because, because they immediately you turn to connections to yeah. Fauci and friends back home. Yeah, well, just on the on the... Detail on that, uh, JPEG, I just sent you, Scotty. Um, um, this is, can you, can you enlarge that a little bit? Um, this is towards the end of the report. It's about a 20-page PDF. It's appendix H. So they, they turn way down the end. Research limitations and data control samples. Multivariate factors influence purchasing needs. It's important to note a multivariate of factors could have influenced the purchasing of PCR equipment between 2008 and 2019. A comparative analysis of the data shows a significant increase in PCR purchasing was linked to the spread, blah, blah, blah. That's what they say. Other factors that could be linked to an increase in spending are as follows. Increase in research programs and other funding requiring PCR equipment. The spread of another virus such as swine flu or MERS, swine flu in particular, or bird flu, they don't mention. Because in, bird, in 2019, China had a big bird flu yeah. break that requires more testing programs. An increase in technology adoption of PCR testing equipment. Testing change, blah, 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 blah. But then they say, to confirm the hypothesis that an increase in PCR purchasing could be linked to the emergence of COVID-19, we looked at purchasing of PCR equipment in 2020. As can be seen below, the exponential increase of more than 2 billion yuan, yuan in PCR purchasing during 2020 demonstrates a high correlation between the increase in PCR purchasing and the spread of COVID-19. This data proves that the, hypo the hypothesis is correct and that we have high confidence in the link between, which is complete and utter bullshit. Because you see that graph? So it's showing year on year. What is that from 2013? 2013, right? So there's some years that it doubled. Uh, their, their, their increase in purchasing doubled from one year to the next. So yeah. a, a, a twofold, 100% uh, increase. And from 2018 uh, to 2019, or sorry, in, in 2019, yeah, from 2018 to 2019, it also doubled. So before you get that, that graph that goes all the way up, that, that line that goes all the way Hockey up on the right hand side, is the 2 billion one, which is like 50 or 60 or 70 times the amount of spending they spent on it because the pandemic was, was launched. 
So that that that's bending all the way up to whatever the number is in the left there, a massive increase. They're they're trying to represent that as if it know, happened this, before. This show it happened before in 2019, but they just continue the line. But if you take out the pandemic part of it, you see a spike maybe you know a cup a, a centimeter in 2019 on that red line. Only a very small part of that. Uh, of, of that uh, red line of that, belongs of that increase belongs to 2019, which is the basis of their claim uh, that China spent. And what they did was they spent twice. They they basically increased it by uh, they doubled the amount from the previous year, from 2018 to 2019. They doubled the amount of PCR tests, and they usually they claim this is a massive increase. But then they throw in the pandemic testing or the pan- pandemic purchasing up until right into 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 2020. Of course, everybody was buying every PCR test that was available. So, I mean, it's, and, and then they claim that this proves, you know what I mean? The, so they go from the continuation of their dodgy numbers for 2019, which could have been put, could easily have been a result of the various factors they list, plus testing for uh, a, a bird flu out, outbreak. And then they just continue it on into the pandemic and say, well, you see, since they had this increase from 2018 to 2019, and then that continued on into 2020, that proves that it was connected to COVID-19. No, the massive increase that you see in that graph is to do with the actual pandemic. The much smaller increase in 2019, pre-pandemic, in the, mid, in the middle of, of 2019, could, have been due, could, have, could easily have been due to any of the factors they listed or, like I said, the extra one of, of, of a bird flu outbreak. So it's just a spurious, spurious. Hit, hit piece. And... But most of the Western media jumped on this and various kind of, you know, supposedly sensible commentators who understand yeah. the whole COVID business and, and that jumped on it as well and used it as evidence that China China did the COVID. Yeah. Uh, which is so... You don't see, like, <laughs> this Australian report also cites John Ratcliffe, um, a former director of U.S. national intelligence. I think he's now a spokesperson for the State Department. Yeah. Isn't that Ratcliffe? Yeah. Oh, let's get his opinion on this. I think there's more than just smoke here. I think there's fire from a whole do. bunch of different sources. I think that would be another compelling piece of evidence if you need more. I don't need more. No, he's made up his mind. He's made up his mind. And everybody should listen to he's him. He's now in the administration. John Ratcliffe was part of Hillary Clinton's team that set up Russiagate. Right. One of his underlings lion. went to prison over it. He's a lying piece of shit. And all the pro-Trump people are jumping on this stuff and yet nodding along with John Ratcliffe. No, John Ratcliffe is the guy on the other side from you. Yeah, yeah. The, it's, it's, <laughs> you it's people bizarre. are so blind. They're so inconsistent. Um, go to uh, TechGate one, Scotty. That's just, just following on with the Chinese, the narrative behind the whole China did the pandemic, China did the COVID kind of thing. TechGate.org. Um, this is actually from the Daily Mail, but it, Daily Mail website is a nightmare. There's far too many ads on it, so I just took it from here. This was uh, about a week ago. COVID did not originate in an infamous South Chinese bat cave where Bat, where bat, uh, bat Lady lives, apparently, at the centre of the lab leak theory, a French study has claimed. So the cave was touted as possible birthplace of the virus after it emerged that six miners, you might have remember this from back last year, near the beginning, emerged six miners were struck down with a mysterious flu-like illness. In 2012, so they went back to validate this bat theory mm. thing. They went back to 2012 and found that there were 12 miners who came down with a weird illness in 2012. And um, one of the viruses they collected is closest known relative to one, one, the one that causes COVID. 
well, at coronavirus, uh, bad coronavirus, sh- sharing 97% of its genetic makeup. makeup. Proponents of the lab leak theory believe that either the miners were infected with an early version of COVID or the pandemic causing pathogen was a result of experiments on viruses sent back to Wuhan, back then supposedly. French researchers, however, now say neither could be true after a retrospective study into the medical reports of the miners at the time. They said that their symptoms were too different to be COVID and questioned why no hospital staff or close contacts of the miners fell, in, fell ill. Good question. They also said... You have to wonder why a virus which killed more than 4 million and infected more than 200 million in 18 months did not cause any illness in seven years. So this was the theory that you were being bombarded that, that, that gave rise to the whole China-Wuhan. A part of, part of the argument is this, that, that gave rise to that, that China-Wuhan bat lady, bat cave, bat virus, natural origin theory at the beginning. And it's only now, a year and a half later, that they're going, people are asking elementary questions like that about that thesis, which was, hang on a minute, this has been hanging out in a cave, this coronavirus has been hanging out in a cave in Wuhan with some bats for seven years, and seven years ago a bunch of miners got it, but nobody got it since then, and then in 2019 the very same virus just decided to go like ballistic full spectrum battiness and, and take over the world. It's it's pure bullshit on the, uh, on the face of it. You know what I mean? And, well, it's, and, it's and also yet, sinister. They're they're insinuating between the lines that in the intervening five six years that the Wuhan lab tweaked it. No, no, no. It's the same one. They're saying that if the, the miners who got it is the only evidence that in two thousand twelve that it had ready. Well, the original theory. This was the theory to put down the lab leak theory. Right, this was the theory that it was natural that Fauci was promoting, and they were promoting right up, you know, until it, they couldn't promote it any longer that it was of natural origin. So this is the theory that the virus was in a cave in bats, and that it had naturally mutated in bats to jump to humans. Seven miners in 2012 got it, but then it did nothing for seven years. Right, so it's not that's part of the official narrative. There's a two sections to this whole thing. The first section is the first first half of the pandemic. Uh, origins is that, like I said, Fauci and others were really reluctant to let go of was that it was just natural. Because why was it just natural? Because it wasn't us. We didn't, I mean, because us is anybody like Fauci and many others who are working, involved in gain-of-function research. So they don't want that to be out there because, well, it looks really bad for them, right? This is what people like him have dedicated a significant portion of their lives to doing and promoting and attempting to argue for when many people say, hang on a minute, should you really be tweaking viruses that don't infect humans to make them infect humans just to see what would happen if they were to to, to jump and mutate? That, that sounds really suspicious and you should stop doing it. And it was stopped for a while, several years ago, but then it was it was reapproved. Um, so it's obvious that people like him would not want, would, would want to lie openly yeah. lie, deliberately lie yeah. about the known origins of, of, of this virus. Whenever they look at it under a microscope, they can see very clearly that it was made by human hands, essentially. And that's actually, if you go to the next, we'll, go to, uh, we'll do a Daily Mail article on this one. Um, well, actually, yeah. What are they hiding? So this is just from uh, a few days ago as well. At the start of co- last week, about a week ago, at the start of COVID, many scientists believed it likely that 
it leaked from Wuhan lab until a conference call with Patrick Valance, that's the chief medical officer, I think, uh, in the UK changed their minds. So if you just scroll down there a little bit. So they asked for the emails about the call. And that's the email they got. That's the that's the documents they got. Yep, we can give you those documents about the emails. This was emailed between... Um, Interesting data sc- there, guys. Yeah, if you scroll down a little bit, um, just there, that's good. Um, the, the Mail and Sunday requested emails, minutes and notes uh, on the call between Sir Patrick Valance, Britain's, Britain's chief scientific advisor, and its organisers, Sir Jeremy Farrar, director of the Wellcome Trust Medical Charity, and Anthony Fauci. Uh, everybody knows, knows who he is. Yet when the documents were released, they had page after page redacted with thick lines of black ink by white officials. So they basically redacted all of them, all of the text. They said, can we see those emails that you uh, shared between you and the UK government and Anthony Fauci and others? Right at the start of this. At the start of this, about uh, what you were what you were saying about it. Sure, we can give you those. Here they are. Um, nothing to hide, obviously. So, but one of the interesting things is that if you on that, that's okay. yeah, it's a one, two, three, fourth paragraph down. A few lines that were left intact include a demand for the discussions involving thirteen participants around the world to be conducted in total confidence. So the words total confidence uh, were, were seen secrecy. And an intriguing email line suggesting we need to talk about the backbone too, just not the insert. Now anybody... Not, not just the insert. Not yeah. just the insert. So anybody, I mean, you don't need to have any degree in epidemiology or virology. You need to be, I mean, your average GP would know probably what that means. And yet, you go and try and find anyone, anyone else in the mainstream media, any other mainstream media news outlet talking about these emails. First of all, the fact that, that they were given this ridiculous, uh, page, these ridiculous pages of, of redacted emails that, that give nothing, that did nothing to answer the questions they asked for, uh, that they asked. And, but also, anybody reporting on that rather significant uh, little bit of detail that was in the emails, uh, we need to talk about the backbone too, not just the insert. Backbone in virology is basically a reference to the way they talk about the whole virus, the, 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 the kind of core virus. And an insert in those terms means something that was added. Now, there's been so much talked about this and so many papers published on, on this whole topic of, of, of the coronavirus, this coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, uh, and that the insert, it has, the insert would be uh, an added, you know, human added part of onto the virus, like a, a genetically modified virus, would be an insert. And in this case, the insert is, the, I think it's the fur, they call it the fur and cleavage site, which basically allows it to infect human beings. So you take a bat, a coronavirus that was found in bats, and you make it that and it isn't transmissible or isn't infectious for humans. It can't infect and replicate within humans. It can't enter cells. And you add a fur and cleavage site to it that allows it to infect and, humans. And that was one of the chief features of the novel SARS coronavirus COVID two that made it novel. Right. They'd never been seen before. When you have a fur and cleavage site, that's why everyone at the start went, Oh, this thing has been through a lab. Of course. So I mean there's been a massive cover about this, the level of lies and bullshit and and um, you know distraction 
about the whole topic when, when it's pure when it's very it was very clear obvious very clear very obviously very clear at the beginning to people like Fauci and the rest of them that this was a man-made virus and of course they wanted like we said of course they wanted to cover it up because if it gets out if it got out and it is out now that's the thing they, they shouldn't really have been worried maybe they shouldn't have been worried because their concern obviously was that if it gets out that this was made in a lab whatever lab Wuhan or Fort Detrick in the US, doesn't matter where really, although it's you know, probably better if it's in China. But even if it's in China, there's serious problems for epidemiology and that gain of function research, the people involved in it around the world. There'll be a massive outcry. We will be in the crosshairs, we will be you know we'll be in serious trouble, you know. We don't want this to happen, we can't let this out. So we have to keep up the narrative or, or push the narrative that it was it's just a naturally it jumped naturally from bats to human beings. Um It's kind of like there's a kind of a, an information management going on yeah. where the intelligence agencies don't mind periodically dropping strong hints that it was man-made, so long as China is mentioned in the headline. Mm -hmm. At the same time, they don't go too far with it because hauled up before Congress now and then is Anthony Fauci and Peter Daszak. I don't think he has been yet, but anyway, he's definitely in the crosshairs at the moment. EcoHealth Alliance, the scientists, the entrepreneurs, the funders, the people in these in this field of gain of function research they're the ones left you know facing off so yeah. it, it's well, a kind of a management of well we won't go too far what, what shocks me we is, get that china in the headline but not push it too yeah, far yeah yeah you know? what shocks what shocks me is that that they're able to manage that at all because it's out there basically right. it's out there in the media go to the msn.com uh, article there scotty um this is on msn.com Wuhan and U.S. and it's from the Telegraph. Wuhan and U.S. scientists plan to create new coronaviruses. We're, pla uh -huh. we're planning to create new coronaviruses that did not exist in nature by combining the genetic codes of other viruses. Proposal shows. Now, this is proposals. There's other evidence evidence that shows shows that they did do this. Uh, scroll down a little bit. Grant application submitted to U.S. to DARPA. Leaked last month revealed that the international team of scientists planned to mix genetic data of closely related strains and grow completely new viruses. Um, and you notice that the image they put with it, it's not a US bioweapons lab. It's the China's only one. Again, it's right, Wuhan. Again, yeah. You're only able to associate this with Wuhan. Yeah. It only happens there, which is BS, because China is the last country honor to get a bsl4 level lab of which the us has like a dozen china has a couple um canada a couple the uk a couple right this was china getting playing you know getting joining the big club right. of virus research and just as they were starting to come online through a lot of assistance financial and academic and specialists from us government agencies over the last decade mm-hmm they're left holding the can as, look, it's the only place on earth where this kind of thing happens. Right. No, it isn't. It's not. It's obviously not. Yeah, but <laughs> they're, they're just, I mean, and those are the people who have the microphone. You know, those are the people yeah. who have the, have, the, have the... They have the microphone. They have the, the private intelligence organizations that do a kind of a workaround with the media like this uh, Internet 2.0 where it, it, you see, it outsource. I'm over here. I'm an anonymous source. 
I found this information. I'll just gift it to you, the media. Internet 2.0, whose main client is the Australian government, which is effectively five eyes, and there you have it. Mm-hmm. It's all one big circle jerk, and they just... That's what I mean by information management. I mean, it's smart, and they have it. Like, they have... Mm-hmm. They, they'll never get into China to be able to turn the minds of Chinese people, but they have Western and maybe a broader global population just eating out of the palm of their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's extraordinary. And you got to give them some credit. It's, it's, it's an awesome information machine, they're, military they're, in a source, yeah. and global. It's phenomenal how it works. Their ability to, to, to yeah, the, the way they've captured that audience and have them, like you said, eating out of their hand and hanging on their every word is just... I don't know why. Why do people have brains? Really, you know. I mean, I don't understand why they don't. People don't think for themselves. I mean, especially important. Obviously, if it's not an important topic, you don't have to really bother. You can just listen to. You don't have to bother with it at all. You don't have to think about it at all. But if it's an important topic that's leading to you being locked in your house and denied medical care, and in the case of vaccinations, you know, if you're unvaccinated, denied, uh, excommunicated from society, as you were saying earlier on, then that's something. That's if you're not going to start thinking for yourself. When that kind of thing comes down, when governments start doing that, then when are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you have the New York Times, a New York Times article, Scotty? Mm. Maybe you don't. No. Put that one up. Um, This is this is just an example of what the media does. The media, obviously, you've got governments lying, covering things up, uh, conning the population, and then you've got the media who catapult the propaganda, as George W. Bush once said. Uh, the link is uh, invalid. It's got it is? In ellipsis in the middle of it. Oh. Um, well, anyway, put up. Actually, it's it's from a New York Times article. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you can uh, you can do. Uh, uh, What's the headline? Uh, it's, it was a, it was an article um, in the New York Times about um, COVID vaccination like children. How children? Uh, basically, why children need the COVID vaccination and uh, the horror stories about. Uh, did you get that? The horror stories about um, you know how many children are are dying and and why all children down to. Zero years old need to be need to be vaccinated. So they put it up, and then they had the, at the bottom of it. They didn't change. Well, they changed the article, but uh, they had a, issue a kind of retraction or correction to it. And the correction, <laughs> the correction, uh, October seventh. An earlier version of this article incorrectly described actions taken by regulators in Sweden and Denmark. First of all, they were trying to dismiss uh, Sweden, Denmark, most of the Nordic countries have all kind of mothballed to one extent or another the Moderna vaccine for under thirties. Because Iceland, actually, for everybody, um, because it's too dangerous, uh, myocarditis and blood clots and etc. Um, so they tried to kind of like, they, they misrepresented what was going on there to try and save Moderna. And then they also, as we'll see, so first of all, uh, they incorrectly described actions taken by regulators in Sweden and Denmark. That, uh, they have, they said that they, the New York Times said they didn't halt use of it when in fact they did halt use of the Moderna vaccine in children. So they had to say, okay, they do. Uh, Sweden and Denmark have halted the use of Moderna vaccine in children. Uh, And the the article also misstated the number of COVID hospitalizations in US children. The real number is actually 63,000 
from August last year. So in over a year, 63,000 hospitalizations. Not 900,000 since the beginning of the pandemic. So they somehow they managed to overestimate... By a factor of 10. More than a factor of 10. But the problem is that article saying that 900,000 children have been hospitalized in America was out there and read by how, how many people and shared on social media by how many people. And that information stuck. And then those people retweeted it. And then they were talking about it. And they were pushing it. And it informed their worldview and their own opinion. The people who read it informed their opinion of what they should do about whether or not they should vaccinate their children. And then only after several days, are they going to go back and read the article again? Are they going to come across the fact that, oops, we actually to multiplied the danger by a factor of more than 10. So that's, that's just one example. Um, I mean... Is, is that little thing at the bottom of Purva Mandaviti? Is that the uh, that's the dude? Yeah, that, that that's the dude who actually wrote the article because yeah, that was corrected. Yeah, because it says oh, it says she she is the 2019 winner of the Victor Cohn Prize for Excellence in Medical Science I know. Reporting. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? <laughs> that's fake news for you. That's that's the state of the media. Well, People who are getting case. excellence, unbelievable, in reporting are absolutely misrepresented. Two years ago, um, there was a scandal in Germany because the five times winner of their Best Reporter of the Year award, I'm not sure in which field, but he was a high-profile investigative journalist, was found to have completely made up his stories. Right. And not just that they got his sources wrong, he just wrote pure fiction and admitted as such in trial. It was fake news. They, they had guy who was just making it up. Mm -hmm. And he was the, the top reporter in Germany year and, after year. And, and didn't they? That, and that's probably more normal than he, he was caught. It was so flagrant, I think they had to make an example of him. But There's another example that just this past week of uh, the BBC, not to give all the focus to America and the New York Times, but the BBC came out this week with a hit piece by two, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold back and call them shitheads. Two shitheads at the BBC, supposed to kind of like health reporters or something, who did a hit piece on ivermectin uh, three days ago. Rachel Schreier and Jack Goodman, a couple of shitheads, like I said. Uh, they're the kind of people. They're the kind of people that you really want to take health advice from, right? You know, it's like uh, you know, if you go to a hospital, like you know, and you need an operation, you want to know that a journalist or the yeah. To decide what, what, how your operation should go, right? You want to know your doctor has read this latest BBC article. Right. So anyway, it's a hit piece on, on ivermectin. It uses only one study for the whole, all their argumentation. And it's not even a study. It's an opinion piece by, uh, I think if you scroll down right down to the very bottom, it's an opinion piece by a, a group of, uh, you know, kind of science scientists. One of them is a science, the lead author on the article, is there, oh, there's no reports on it, no actual uh, sources on it. I think they may be referenced it somewhere in, in the article, but uh, it's. I looked looked up, looked into it, and it's a, a, tw a group of Twitter scientists who just kind of like hung out with each other during the pandemic because they were stuck at home, scratching themselves, not doing much, and they started uh, got together and started discussing different things about the pandemic on Twitter, and then they wrote this opinion piece that the BBC uses to do this hit piece on ivermectin. And their opinion piece was basically that ivermectin's 26, uh, two, um, 
almost a third, it's interesting, almost a third, actually, if you go back to the article, Scotty, almost a third of the studies, it's bizarre how, how they report it. Go down a little bit. Um, blah, 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 blah. Keep going. Uh, and some countries, but blah, blah, blah. The BBC, there in the middle. But more than a third of 20, what does more than a third mean? About a third, like 30, 34%. So say 34% of 26 major trials of the drug ivermectin on COVID have serious errors or signs of potential fraud. So that means that about two thirds of them don't have a, of that. So they're looking, so what they're saying is that 26 major trials on ivermectin for COVID, about eight of them, eight, nine of them, might have had something dodgy about them, which means that 17 or 18 of them didn't. And all of these studies obviously were studies that were promoting and, and providing evidence that ivermectin was very effective against COVID. So they found that one third of them might have been fraudulent in some way or other. Although, you know, it's questionable if you actually look at the data. And so the people who... So the BBC is simply citing an opinion piece that makes this claim by a group of Twitter scientists. One of them, the lead author of the opinion piece, is actually a student at a, at a university in, in England. So he's the lead on it. Why would you make a student the lead of your paper? What does that say? Anyway, um, so, but if you go to uh, that second second link there, Scotty, in, the, in that, in that pop-up, as you sent there, this is actually a website that apparently was lost on these BBC... Um, BBC health shitheads, reporters, uh, or even the people, uh, the people who did the study that they cited, the opinion piece that they cited, because it's it's a website um, that collects, it analyzes metadata on different treatments, metadata from studies on different treatments for COVID. Uh, this one is ivermectin. So what they do is they basically they grab all of the studies from that have been done around the world and they just uh, produce the data mm -hmm. on, on well, how effective it is or isn't and then they produce the results. And if you scroll down a little bit there, it says uh, uh, all studies, 64 studies, uh, all studies are 64. So as a prophylaxis, i.e. as a preventative, uh, in all of those studies, ivermectin was concluded to be or determined to be 86% effective as a preventative against COVID. Early treatment, it was 66% effective. It goes down then for late treatment, 40%. And the number of patients there, you can see 47,000. Um, and then they have the studies broken down with peer-reviewed, blah, blah, blah. And those figures would knock the vaccine equivalents out of the ballpark, which sure. is why ivermectin has to be vilified. Right, and ivermectin has to be vilified because... And if you go... Actually, if you go to the top, it's a good... We'll put it in the, in the show notes afterwards. But see, um, if you put your... Scroll over the top there. Let's see where it says home COVID-19 treatment studies for ivermectin. And select treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can click on any of those, and this, these are all for study. All, they're looking at all the studies that have been done for any of those things. Those are all apparently things that people have done studies on to see. Uh, well, you can click on hydroxychloroquine if you want, and it'll show you the results of that. Um, trial scientists, patients, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it shows you at the top they've done it in a different ways. 64% improvement in 32 early treatment trials. 
75% improvement in 13 early treatment groups. Blah, blah. So, and there's a bunch of different products that uh, include vitamin C and vitamin D and... Melatonin. So, uh, melatonin was in there as well, which is weird. People have actually done studies to see uh, what curcumin... Uh, metformin. Metformin, yeah. And actually, look at... See... Uh, remdesivir, yeah. That's the one that was being used in place of ivermectin. And hydroxychloroquine in France. And, and, and hydroxychloroquine. Shout out some of uh, those numbers there. Minus 9%. <clears throat> Overall, all Minus studies, 19% improvement. 19% effectiveness. Which means it sucks compared to the others. Yet it was the only it was the one early treatment forward. available all through 2020 in France because they literally pulled all hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin off the shelves and right. replaced it with this stuff. Right. It's and bizarre. And ivermectin, it's like, is, ivermectin is super well tolerated, um, even compared to other like you know antibiotics. You can look at different antibiotics, whatever, and in terms of... Uh, how well they're tolerated in human in, in humans, you know. Uh, ivermectin is very well tolerated. I think it's been given to about 3.7 billion, or there's been 3.7 billion doses of ivermectin given, and there was something like 5,000 and some uh, adverse reactions to it out of 3.7 billion. So a tiny percentage is super, compared, and that's compared to other drugs, compared to like, um, like amoxicillin or common antibiotics, which have a much higher... Uh, adverse react, reaction uh, number. So it's crazy. I mean, again, this is thinking for yourself and this is looking up your own data and, and looking at objective scientific data. And the bottom line is that throughout this entire pandemic, there's been a massive uh, shift away from valid, useful, effective uh, treatments for COVID <clears throat> and a shift towards proprietary drugs that don't really work very well. And also, as we're seeing, vaccines that um, certainly don't work very well in terms of providing any kind of sustainable immunity. Yeah, which is what they said it would. Which is what supposedly what a vaccine is meant to, right? It's not really a, a, a it's not really a vaccine in that sense. It's a the vaccine. The COVID vaccine is just like a a kind of a shot to temporarily. But Joe, 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 just shut up and take your damn vaccine. All right, sorry, forgot about that. We we'll go back to China. Go on, because. In a separate trend in the last week, China, World War Three, China versus USA has been in the news big time. Um, there were a number of incidents last week. Maybe we should start with the uh, let's start with the new the the U.S. Navy sub. We got that one from the Guardian. This happened on Wednesday. U.S. nuclear power submarine hits submerged object in South China Sea. That's about all the information they have because they won't say what happened. Maybe it was Trump. <laughs> Attack class submarine USS Connecticut hit an unknown object on quote, routine Trump. operations. Yeah, right. A U.S. nuclear freaking submarine on a routine operation in the South China Sea. Yeah. Uh, it's safe and stable. Like everyone at home. Huh? Um I think 11 sailors were hurt, it says. Two suffered moderate injuries. The rest had minor scrapes and bruises. Okay, so that happened on Wednesday. <clears throat> There's no further details. It's not the first time a U.S. sub has run into some kind of issue. Well, rather, ships, a number of ships hit, had issues. 
in the Pacific in recent years. I do wonder, though, what was going on there. Maybe it's the navigation systems. Maybe they were confused by something China threw at them, not literally, but in terms of distorting the nav systems. Um, yeah. So you've got that going on. Okay, so the situation's hot enough, right? South China Sea, um, a sub has a problem. Then also in The Guardian, but it was reported, especially in the US, maybe we should look at the, the Washington Post version of this. China warns US over reports that American forces are stationed in Taiwan. What? Yep. So, this, so yeah, um, the, the context of this would be... Yeah, the archive version of it. The con the Early con on. The context of this is that, um, as people may have noticed, there's been a lot of uh, saber-rattling about China from Western governments, particularly the US, because they've been flying over Taiwan, supposedly, and the Taiwan prime minister or president is very scared that China is going to invade, and uh, he wants America to come and help him uh, keep China back and... We should do that because China did the pandemic, right? China did the pandemic, or it wants to invade Taiwan. That's well, well that's it wants the to ongoing narrative. It wants to invade Taiwan, and we should help the Taiwanese because China did the pandemic. Because China very bad. China asshole. China, you're a big asshole. Um, indeed, the Chinese did overpass. Um, okay, let's look down here. This one, this is Washington Post. Same day, I think it was Wednesday last week. Um, reports go on scroll down there Scotty let's have a look at this okay well reports that US Marines have been stationed in Taiwan for the last year secretly in quotes to strengthen its defenses against intensifying Chinese aggression mm. now for perspective there have been no US troops officially in Taiwan since 1979 when the U.S. and China formally kind of buried the hatchet and the U.S. recognized communist China when Hissinger, Kissinger famously went to, to meet Mao in 79. And so this is like, this is a new development. Indeed, Taiwan and the U.S. have been involved militarily before now, but actual U.S. troops on the ground in Taiwan, the Chinese, of course, are not happy with that. Right. Um, what are they doing there? It's just two dozen, allegedly, and they're military advisors. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, scroll down there. About two dozen U.S. troops, including a special operations unit and contingent of Marines, have been in Taiwan to, quote, train military forces. Now, um, do, you, do you know the extent of U.S. military involvement there? They have, like, Patriot missile systems stationed in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Taiwan buys military equipment from the US year on year. Number, their number one military arms supplier, basically, uh, is, US, it's, is the US. Is the US. Taiwan, US supplies pretty much, you know, most of uh, Taiwan's uh, military equipment of whatever kind. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, th th this, again, this is, a, this is a problem we were talking about earlier on, is that people, uh, particularly in America, but maybe also, you know, in Western Europe and stuff, don't understand the geopolitical background and context and history to, to well, to the world and to the way the way it has been operating from a geopolitical perspective for, for decades and how we haven't really changed from the Cold War One. We just segued into Cold War Two. That's why you've seen 
um, all of the rhetoric and, you know, dirty tricks and black propaganda used against Russia and China more recently uh, by Western powers because nothing has changed. Uh, Russia and China going back, well, you go back hundreds of years if you want, but in the case of Russia, but um, they're, they're potential peer competitors and now peer competitors to America and to American hegemony in the world. And America uses any and all tactics it can to push back and to thwart them and stop them from gaining their their rightful, arguably their rightful position in the world based on their population, their position in the world, their resources. But America doesn't play uh, play nice, right? It wants to rule the world on its own. It sees that it's having a, a, a mandate from heaven in a certain sense or a, what are they called? They're, they're, well, they're the exceptional nation. They're, what's the, what are those other terms that they use for... Uh, America. Shining city on a hill. The shining city on a hill, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, they have a mandate to rule the world. They're the world's policeman, and uh, they get to rule the world, and yeah. nobody's allowed to impinge on that. And everything that happens vis-a-vis -vis Russia and China from an American perspective has to be seen in that context, and it should all be, it's all thrown into doubt and should all be questioned in terms of its validity because of that, because it's dominated. That, that relationship is dominated by dirty tricks and all sorts of subterfuge going back for a very long time so um and not to you know it, it's a reasonable i think it's an accurate uh analogy to say that taiwan is to china what cuba is to america and what cuba has been to america go back to the you know the, the cuban missile crisis where the soviets put missiles in the 60s in in in, in, in cuba and how America responded to that as a direct, serious, imminent national security threat because Cuba is so close to America and the ability to attack America yeah. from such a relatively large island uh, and in close proximity was something that is a red line. And so Taiwan plays exactly. If you look at a it, look at a map, it's geographically, I, I look at you look at a map like, yeah. and there is no other island off that uh, eastern coast of China. That, so that close. Would, what that is it, 100 kilometers? Yeah, a few hundred kilometers that would serve as a, as a staging ground for an attack. And not just a staging ground for an attack, but also it could be a choke point, you know what I mean? To, to, to thwart uh, Chinese, from an economic perspective, it, it has a serious, uh, yeah. it's a serious threat as well. well the whole you know, issue so, with the South China Sea, it's like, it's like causing a ruckus over U.S. dominance of the Gulf of Mexico. Right. Well, who the hell would do that? Of course right. the U.S. has... Control, control over yeah, that on a right, but, uh, but not China. No one, China doesn't have no that one, right in the South no China Sea. No one thinks of that. Like, okay, so China Sea. If I was to think of the if the shoe was on the other foot, would I really be up in arms and about China wanting to dominate slash control slash influence whichever way you look at it, the South China Seas? If it was the Gulf of Mexico, yeah. Now, the, my problem with the Cuba analogy is this. The difference is Cuba is not the place where when the Civil War ended, the, the other, the losing party in the Civil War of the American Civil War moved to Cuba and have since basically kept up an alternative democratic, in quotes, regime, which sees itself in opposition in terms of its, its rightful claim right. to all of China. 
Which is the case. <laughs> which Taiwan. is the case here. Taiwan is Chinese. Yeah. They just, they don't see themselves as a separate nation. There is different political party in a losing war from 1949. Right. But everyone starts with, they, their starting point is, no, it's a democratic nation in the, in the, in the, the global uh, brotherhood of nations. And China is just cruelly not allowing them to be a full nation state right. and cruelly constantly no, it's a, t- attempting to reinvade. No, they don't say reinvade, to invade. Yeah. Just for the sake of getting new territory. Who does that? That's so 19th century colonialism. Yeah. I mean, really, who does that kind of thing? Only backwards people do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's where their starting point is. So all their assumptions are wrong. Are wrong, yeah. And they totally misread the situation. Taiwan's officially called the Republic of China. That's the right. official name. And from the Taiwanese perspective, they're called the Republic of China, uh, whereas China is called the People's Republic of China. Yeah. So there's two Chinas going on there. But anyway, so, uh, but from geographically, to, it's to definitely make it, To Cuba, make it fit, but geographically, it's even less. what you would have to do is say, I have an issue with China setting up military launch bases, special advisors, special forces, and funneling loads of other military equipment to Cuba if Cuba were Puerto Rico, yeah, okay, so an official Puerto U.S. protectorate, yeah. i.e. part of the contiguous United States yeah. of America. That's the comparative yeah. situation. Yeah. Why are why are there why why has China been supplying Puerto Rico with all of its all, all of its military equipment and establishing Chinese uh, anti aircraft missiles or offensive missiles on on Puerto Rico? And why is why is China sending uh, a, a contingent of uh, Chinese military advisors to Puerto Rico you to know? prevent Washington from invading Puerto Rico? Right. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's what if that Amer- is. If what Amer- everyone is saying. Yeah, so that's what is. Well, that's if if they yeah if they're if they're okay with that, then they can they can be they can follow with their narrative against China as long as if the shoe like you said was on the other foot, they would be okay with China doing that in Puerto Rico and the Americans being told just back off, you know, and China saying listen, back off. Uh, we're here to assert Puerto Rico's ensure Puerto. Well, Rico's in the meantime, they have Chinese nuclear subs in the Gulf of Mexico bumping right. into things. Right. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> so the bottom line is, yeah, uh, the Chinese are saying, I mean, it's all hubris, really, in a certain sense. And again, it's, it's in the whole information war, uh, the sphere of, of, of the information war that they're trying to, to, to have some effect, because America has no chance of, if China wants to invade, <clears throat> it doesn't want from its international reputation point of view, yeah. it doesn't want to invade or to force, but it says it will, if necessary, force. And the problem is that the, the, their, their, their red line is, I mean, Taiwan has kind of like... Um, uh, kind of, it has independence. It has autonomy uh, in a certain sense, but yeah. there's, there's this tie with China, and China asserts its right, kind of over Taiwan to basically for Taiwan to be closely aligned with China on pretty much everything. Um, and I think that's most people. I don't know how polling works and right. pl- where political parties fall in Taiwan. I'm on my way off and thinking that most people in Taiwan. It's probably, agree with that? It's probably split, but I think I'd say most people, yeah, probably do. It depends on where they lie, kind of ideologically, and how much, you know, probably depends on their social class and all that kind of stuff. But um, Taiwan threatening actual full independence, as in, you know, we're completely separate and we have we have autonomy, not just autonomy, but independence to decide fully 
you know, what our, our foreign policy is and what we're going to do with the country and, and where we go and all that kind of stuff is a red line for China because they know that if that happens, Taiwan, the very next day, uh, Taiwan will be bristling with even more American military equipment and more, uh, and probably it'll end up, you know, a few, few tens of thousands of American soldiers stationed there like in, like in South Korea or something, you know. So they're not willing to go there. And who would? I mean, it's totally legitimate. There's no way, given the current uh, the current geopolitical situation in the world that's been going on for quite a while, China has every right to say, listen, that's not happening, and for a very good reason. Um, they've no, they don't trust America, and <laughs> again, they have very good reason not to trust America, um, just like the Russians don't. But, uh, yeah, so that situation in, 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 in Taiwan and... Uh, and the way it's being spun uh, That's by the media, and why so many people in the US uh, who see things right on the on the COVID pandemic situation, and for example in, in America domestically, they they for some reason they totally drop the ball, totally miss that in a, a proper reading of the situation in Taiwan and China. I mean, I was listening to. A little bit of Stephen Crowder there during the weekend. He was talking about it, and it was just like so inane. It was ridiculous. Like he's so his head so far of his own. You know, uh, it's it's something weird about uh, those patriots, those conservative types in, yeah. in America, who can and the UK and Australia, and, yeah, who it's, see it's, things. It's, it's a perfect match with the AUKUS system yeah. that is doing all this. But they can China. they can see things correctly domestically. Uh, and push back against the system, and really, and they know that you know they claim they, they can see that there was something went on with the U.S. presidential election. That you know, and by, by admitting that they're basically saying that their democracy right now is not illegitimate, uh, or the government right now is illegitimate, that there's no really right now there's democracy. they live under a regime. Yeah, democracy well. isn't functioning in in, in America, uh, and the system in place in America is one that imposed that you know that, that destroyed democracy with the with the stealing of that of that election. And uh, but yet, when those same people, that same system, issues a statement or propaganda about China, they believe them. Yeah, specifically, how can they do that? And the specific ideological basis for it is China is not democratic. Taiwan is. Yeah, and they just jump and go, "This is awful. Yeah. This is this is this is terrible." What about democracy? Democracy in Taiwan. Yeah, <laughs> democracy as promoted by the American State Department, which deep, deep state which stole their democracy. So, how, uh, how, why those dots just don't connect for some reason? It's it's really it's bizarre. bizarre. <laughs> just yeah, I don't know what to do, but uh, so that's why then they, they see headlines. They see headlines like China's China's response last week sends China sends 150 military flights over Taiwan. Well, that's what the headline says. It's more like they yeah encroach Taiwan's air defense zone just to check it, yeah. Just to check it. I don't know, to send a message. Indeed, but that's because they're responding to other things that the Western media isn't talking about. They're responding like to provocations U.S. troops America. in Taiwan. But, um, yeah, and was just talking about Crowder, he, he followed up with saying that, you know, you can bet, he says, if, 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 if China invades Taiwan, America has to help them because, you know what, China won't stop at Taiwan. They're going to invade Japan next. Right. No, they won't. What, what kind of crack is that guy smoking? I know. Like, is he it's, smoking like, you know, all-American? Well, he's projecting. All-American crack? Because that's what, that's how they see the world, as taking and taking, as, you know, dog-eat-dog -dog world. Yeah. Um, 
the Chinese official response to last week, uh, President Xi stresses stresses peaceful reunification, calls Taiwan's secessionist serious threat to national rejuvenation, and that's that's not a new term in China. They see a fact a faction within Taiwan that's pushing this to the brink. Yeah, which is basically as secessionists. Encouraged by America. Can you imagine? It's not, so here the analogy for them, as far as China, mainland China is concerned, the analogy with Puerto Rico being Cuba isn't even good enough. It's more like Texas is seceding with Russian and Chinese military assistance. Right. What does Washington do? That's how China sees it. Yeah. That's why the situation is red hot because for them it's like, no, no, you're not doing this. Yeah. It's, it's basically uh... – it's, it's doing what they accused Russia of doing in Crimea, even though that's not what Russia did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That country over there is invading a part of itself. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we must mobilize against it. But the U.S. is trying – no, well, in a certain sense, the U.S. is trying to annex Taiwan from China. Okay. Politically. It's not just about its independent nationhood. No, no. it's about having a foothold. Yeah, for which, sure. Who's, who's invading who then? Yeah. Is the U.S. invading China then? Is that the full uh, actual analogy? Well, it's, yeah, it's a step towards that. And, I mean, in, not invasion, but it's, it's uh, encroaching on Chinese territory effectively. And not just physical territory, but their political territory, their economic territory. Um, yeah. Anyway... Um, Elsewhere, and this is this is maybe worth bringing up the situation in Mali. For you know more context in terms of who's democratic, who's doing the invading, who's being the colonial usurper, and so mm. on. Um, do you have that one from RT, Scotty? Mali has evidence French forces train militant groups on its territory. The country's prime minister says. Okay, so backtrack. What the hell happened here? Six years ago in 2015, on the back of the terrorist attacks in France, the French government said, raised a great hue and cry and a call to action. We are going to fix this terror problem here yeah. in France. What are we going to do? We're going to send thousands of troops to Africa. Yeah. And people went, what? Do you remember? We have yeah. a friend here who's like, can you explain to me how? I don't understand. Their explanation at the time was, we're going to defeat the terrorists coming from Syria by going over to them in Mali and stopping them at the source. It was bullshit. Everyone saw it as bullshit. But anyway. What the government was doing was it was was capitalizing on the terror attacks, which they probably had a hand in, in order to reinvest or, you know, double down on a resource grab in an African country under the ages, under the excuse of fighting terrorism. They said they went there to, quote, eradicate terrorism. So let's check in on how it's going. What does the prime minister of that country say? Scroll down there. Militant groups in Mali have been trained by French forces, claims the prime minister, not some conspiracy theorist, the prime minister of the country. But he's African. He's saying that at this point, two-thirds of his country are now occupied by terrorists. I don't know what the percentage was before, but it certainly wasn't that bad. They have militant groups here who have been trained by French officers. We have evidence of that. There is an expression in our language saying that when you are looking for a needle in your room and someone 
said to be helping you in the search is standing on that needle, you will never find it. So this is a situation happening now in Mali, and we don't want to bear with it. He explained that terrorists now operating in Mali came from Libya, with France and its allies having destroyed the North African state in 2011. Initially, we wanted to cooperate with Paris in, fi in fighting terrorists and asked for assistance with intelligence data and air support. No one asked. Can you scroll up there? No one asked for this ground presence. I think the other way. Down. Sorry, down there. Yeah. No one asked. To, not too, too far. No one. Uh, no one asked for this ground presence. But that, it, but that said, means yeah. okay. ongoing occupation. At right. this point, it's an occupation. While eight years ago, terrorists were present only in the northern part of Mali and Kidal, now two-thirds of the country occupied by terrorists, he added. So that's the legacy of America, or the French fighting, well, like America, like the UK, fighting All terrorists in any part of the world is that... Terrorism spreads. Terrorism spreads. And, and that, does that happen by accident, or is that because the Americans and the French and the... The British, etc., are actually training terrorists and spreading them around the country in order to achieve well, let's, uh, regime change. Or let's have a refresher. Let's go to the Economist on Iraq. Um, Iraq's deadly war. They got a couple of charts here. Deaths from terrorism in Iraq. Okay, scroll down for the next one. The second chart. Here we go. Okay, global deaths from terrorism from 2003. You see on the left up to 2015 in Iraq. There it is. It's kind of plateaued in the mid-2000s. Uh, 20, there you go, 2011, okay? That's the key change. That's the year the U.S., quote, withdrew from Iraq. Oh, well, then, that's why. And then look what happened. They never withdrew, of course. They retained lots of forces no. there. Well, 2011 it was the year Terrorism whenever the, the, the proxy uh, war of terrorism on Syria began 2011 right. that's when you had that's probably a big part of that spike it's the flooding of syria with terrorists by of, the u.s yeah saudi arabia and friends it just it exploded i mean it made it made the iraq war the the iraq war seem tame yeah, which a decade yeah. earlier yeah it's just i remember it was daily headlines bombings car bombings suicide bombings yeah. on and well, on of course, up, yeah. and of course it peaks 2014 when isis comes on the scene well, directly as a result of syria of, of of what they did in syria of of the, the attempt to overthrow the syria assad in syria by flooding the country with 200 250,000 terrorists from all around the world with the help of saudi arabia they flooded the country with terrorists and isis was created isis is brainchild is 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 the is the bastard child of Amer the americans and the british and yeah. the Saudis. <clears throat> so, and speaking you see of ISIS, how invasion. Who's invading who? I mean, China might invade Taiwan, its own country. Okay, well, who's, who's accusing them of that? People who invade countries all the time, pretending not to, trying to pull the wool over your eyes. With people who invade terrorists. countries and people also people people who not only invade countries themselves, but then also. Uh, send terrorists into countries in order to overthrow governments, legitimate governments, as the case in as was the case in, in, Syria, in Syria, while providing and, air support for them, right, as the Mali prime minister just accused the French of, and in Libya, where they just blow the crap out of the country and let it become overrun with with whoever. But um, which brings what about us Afghanistan? To yeah. Afghanistan news last week. Remember um, Afghanistan? Remember America left Afghanistan? Oh, look, another bombing. Remember, there was no ISIS in Afghanistan for a long time? 
Oh, look. This happened I- in the north of the country last week. So after America leaves, ISIS comes in, supposedly, from somewhere. The same ISIS that was created in Syria as a result of the U.S. proxy invasion of that country. ISIS comes into Afghanistan after not really being there and starts blowing up mosques, mosques and Muslims in Afghanistan. Interesting. Um, that's from the CBC in Canada. I'll uh, just read this paragraph from the, I have it here. In its claim of responsibility, the region's ISIS affiliate identified the bomber as a Uyghur Muslim. Oh, there you go. China. Saying the attack targeted both Shias and the Taliban. See, political motive here. We did it to get both Shia Muslims, the minority in Afghanistan, and the Taliban for their purported willingness to expel Uyghurs to meet demands from China. The statement wow. was carried by the ISIS-linked AMAC news agency, which no one ever hears about because it's banned on social so media. So this is ultimately China's fault then. Exactly. You see the play in there, the tie-in. Because but China's responsible for this ISIS attack. ISIS in, attacks what? On America's behalf? Accident, or it's just accidentally strategically aligned with the which, United States? Which links it back to the Uyghurs, which China is supposedly persecuting, according to the US, even though it's not, in eastern China which is right on the border with Afghanistan through a small little corridor, which the U.S., which was one of the primary reasons the U.S. was in Afghanistan in the first place was to try and control that part of Central Asia because of, its, because of China's plans for and a, because a, it was a west, westward expansion uh, through its one belt, one road. And it was through scheme. Afghanistan that tens of thousands of Uyghurs and their families from eastern China, Came to western China, now live in Syria. Right. And that joined ISIS. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that, that speaks to what we were warning about when the U.S. had Saigon 2.0 and, yeah. quote-unquote, left Afghanistan. Yeah, they left, but just watch. Yeah. There's going to be well, atrocities. Well, they said that some were going to... Some mystery sources. Some were going to stay behind, you know, small contingent of U.S. Uh, military advisors were going to stay behind, and they'd be advising ISIS on how to blow up mosques. Or helping ISIS to blow up mosques. Yeah. Anyway. I think that was the thing that people couldn't get their head around. And it was it was smart when you think about it. I mean, if you remember, like, it was the age of colonialism. Then there was the two world wars, after which there was a massive, global, genuine push for, okay, we're done with London, bye-bye, USA, bye-bye. We want independence. And so... Ostensibly, they were granted that. Who? African countries, Asian right. countries, former colonies yeah. from the em- days of empire. Mm-hmm. But did the empire then disappear? Of course not. Of course not. It took on this insidious form that is still to this day just too hard for most Westerners to grab their heads around. It's, it went undercover. It went low-key. And started to use terrorism and terrorists, terrorist yeah. groups in order to achieve the objectives that they formerly would have achieved through sending in their uh, regular military into countries they decided that they were going to do it in a different way, uh, which really you know, gives you a lot more bang for your buck because not only are you not li- necessarily directly... I mean, of course, they did it in Iraq, but uh, in a lot of other countries, they use terrorist proxies, and it gives you a lot more bang for your buck because you're not in the country officially, so you can't look like you're invading, but you get to go into the country in order to fight the terrorists that you are actually facilitating in the country in order to justify your intervention. And, you know, the main, the main goal being to just screw up the country, uh, you know, embroil it in war and conflict. 
and hopefully if you need to you know overthrow a government install a new government get access to resources just create chaos and mayhem and have the chinese commies ever done that very 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 no not all not at all really not at all so why are they evil and then are well because they're accusing other people of what they're doing themselves that's what you do when you're a psychopath accuse other people well a lot of people accuse other people of what they're doing themselves but only psycho types really double down on it in a big way you know um, are able to do it in a big way um yeah, so what's looking looking forward to the winter's coming to this winter uh winter of discontent you sent me something about Lebanon they had a full yeah. on power yeah still blackout blackout total complete no electricity in Lebanon at all for for days for days I mean it might be coming back online I'm not sure I haven't looked at it today but uh, yesterday anyway they were in a full blackout the whole country um that's coming here isn't it well not full blackouts I wouldn't say but you know it's going to get it's going to get going to get dodgy this this winter going into the i mean the whole energy crisis thing i mean i mean <laughs> look at the i don't do we have it there uh, yeah we should have it um let's do uh the sunday times can you get access to the sunday times do you have this? maybe maybe we didn't maybe we didn't send it to you yeah energy crisis gas levy lets green light gets green light as factories warner closures Ministers push ahead with eco-plan despite soaring costs for customers. So, so because of lockdowns and the stalling of the world economy, um, energy prices coming back online, there's greater demand, prices have gone up, um, therefore the cost of energy, electricity, gas for people in Western countries is, has, has increased significantly and will continue at those high levels throughout the winter meaning that, I mean, this is leaving out possible blackouts or possible shortage, you know, break, break in supply, but people are going to pay a lot more and some people won't be able to afford it. So people will be cold. Some people will be cold this winter because they won't be able to afford these energy prices. But on top of those lockdown-induced increase in energy prices that are passed on to customers, the British government has decided to impose a levy, a green levy, effectively, on, um, on the population i.e. they're increasing the price on top of the <laughs> lockdown increase in prices, the government is imposing yeah. an extra tax on it in order to uh, finance the greening of the economy so we can get away from gas. Um, so they created, through their ridiculous lockdowns, they created the increase in, in, in gas prices and now they're increasing them even more by putting uh, taxes on the price of gas and electricity in order to finance windmills and solar power. And part of the reason also that there's an energy crisis in the UK in particular is because the windmills uh, that the UK has, the, the wind turbines, have not been producing enough, as much electricity as they expected because the wind wasn't blowing strong enough this year. Uh, why is it that their answer or solution to problems always comes down to raise taxes? That's not the only one. They also increased the national insurance rate in the UK. That's kind of like a flat rate tax for everyone. Yeah. Um, what was the sensible reason for that? I think it was to fund the deficit incurred from furloughs and so on, from, right. from having to support people's salaries over the last 18 months because of lockdowns. Yeah. It's... 
you know, in France, when that happened, they threatened to raise, Macron said, by such and such a date. A date. In 2018, we're going to have a, a green tax on, on fuel, on the use of fuel, a tax on car fuel. That's what kicked off the yellow, yellow vest thing. Yeah. I give you, and, and there's an RT article here, um, this gives you an insight into the whole green economy, the greening of the economy. Um, it's, um, there's a, there's one example of how you kind of green, green your economy, right? Reduce your carbon footprint and stuff. Uh, so there's a company in a power plant in Yorkshire in England that is burning quote unquote renewable wood. It, it, they, they took over a coal plant that was kind of mothballed or decommissioned because coal is very bad for the environment, right? Uh, and they decided to burn wood chips instead. And their the rationale for for buying or for burning wood chips is that the knock-on of that is that trees will be planted because they're burning trees, so new trees will be planted and that sequesters CO2 through growing trees. But then if you scroll down a little bit, uh, there was a, a uh, environmental group or something um, yeah uh, new report by environmental think tank Ember, Ember claims that uh, actually their thinking around that is a bit flawed because burning burning the wood chips actually produces more um, carbon emissions more uh, greenhouse gases whatever uh, than burning coal and anyway, this is the, my surprise face. Yeah, and anyway, the the return from planting trees won't be seen for thirty or forty years. Of course not. So you're actually dirtying and you're producing more pollution than coal with your green energy, and you won't see any return on it through the planting of trees for thirty or forty years. And we only have ten years to fix the climate. So this is just a money making scheme. It's this total is just friends. BS. Such BS. This is just friends of the government getting taxpayers' money, as we've just seen, levying taxes on people to give money, because these guys, these people who produce these, um, who start burning biomass and, and various other, you know, wind turbines, solar panels, all that kind of stuff, they get massive government, subsidies. taxpayer su sub subsidies, massive amounts of money, uh, directly taken out of people's pockets when their gas prices are already going up, uh, taken out of their pockets to fund these guys who are all friends with politicians to just enrich them. And it's a con. It's a complete and utter con. And it's, it's actually, not only is it not helping the environment, if the environment needed to be helped, it's actually making it worse. That's the level of I, I just, bullshit and lies and I despair misinformation the, that's been... The, the British, they seem to be the most behind us. It's the only country that has ongoing climate protests. You know, the Extinction Rebellion. Yeah. Blocking motorways and stuff. In other countries, they block motorways because, you know, government tyranny. Right. There, they block motorways because save the planet. Mm. It's freaking scary how, how much I've eaten it up. Um, they, it was interesting that Michael Moore's face popped up in a kind of see this article also in mm. that RT one because I was just thinking of his documentary. Do you remember watching yeah. that? They, he showed that the biomass scheme of the last 15 years is devouring forests and they're not being replenished. Yeah. They're just scouring the planet <clears throat> of the so-called main source of sequestering, mm -hmm. especially in the US, not the planet. Overall, tree growth is you know, normal. There's no big... But in the US in particular, those biomass plants, they don't get wood chips that would otherwise be discarded. No, they're burning the trees. Yeah. They shred forests for that. <clears throat> yeah, and replant them. 
So they'll they say. Co- I think he showed his documentary show that it's not happening. Yeah. Because no, they know that because that's a long term return on an investment. They have no interest. They want it now. Yeah, yeah. Give me the cash now. Yeah, for sure. That's one big scam, and people people don't realize it. Um, if you just go to the JPEG, I think I sent you flu.jpeg, Scotty. Um, this is something else you can look forward to this winter. Uh, getting back to uh, the pandemic. Did I send you that? Um, yeah. You probably saw this before, but uh, there it is again, just in case. Uh, and in the small print, just down the bottom, health chiefs warn that lack of immunity means winter may see the worst influenza rates in 50 years. Lack of immunity as a result of? Lockdowns. As a result of bullshit. So, uh, but there's a couple of Arabs are in the right. So, But I bet they're going to come up with a solution. A universal flu vaccine mandate. A, com- a combo. A COVID, yeah. COVID plus flu. Dub, two, two for one. Two for one job. That's what they're talking about. Plus your booster. Yeah, I'm yeah. yeah the, no, serious. yeah, oh, double, yeah. Flu, 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 flu plus plus COVID. Uh, Get me off COVID this And no ivermectin to be seen because ivermectin works very well against the flu as well. Plenty of studies showing Shh. that it's very right. Well, it's an anti. It's an antiviral. Shh. Shut up. And Shut take, up and take. Shut up and take the jab. Um, and then the only other thing related to COVID, I suppose, is you have Singapore. Uh, this is just uh, a perfect example of how Singapore um, Singapore flattened the curve. Except in the wrong direction. Uh, More hockey sticks. This is Singapore has, I think it's probably up there, one, two, number one, two or three of the most vaccinated people in the world. Up well above 80, 80 up to 90 plus percent uh, vaccinated. Um, and then there you go. Right when they finished their vaccination of 90% of the population, boom. New confirmed case of COVID in Singapore goes from pretty much zero to 2,800. And a seven-day rolling average. So, um, yeah. You meant to flatten the curve on the other axis, I think. Isn't that right? If you flipped it over, it would be right. If yeah. You, if you just flipped it forward, it would look proper. But well, maybe that it'll way, get so high, it'll keel over and it'll sort it'll, of it'll collapse, yeah. flatten down to the right. Yeah. But that's, that's an example of vaccine effects efficacy right there. Uh, and as we said, don't mention ivermectin ever because ivermectin, uh, there's, no, there's no patent on it. ran out. Keep it produced for a, like a week, a week long course, cost you about 50 cents. Um, it's much better to take some of the new antiviral drugs that they're producing that cost about $700 or something for a, for a seven day course. <clears throat> That's what's going on. That's uh, what's I'm, going I'm on. sorry, folks, that we haven't, don't have anything positive to, uh, to report there, but the, we're being deluged in lies and corruption and... Uh, everywhere you look. Everywhere you look. Local news in Florida, quick last one, didn't mention at all the reason for why this happened, but it was basically that um, they had to cancel a load of flights out of Jacksonville Airport. Yeah. Why? Oh, well, we've had a, a shortage of staff. Why? We don't know. They didn't say... But on social media, people who are either working there or tried to fly out of there said, well, there's a massive protest out. There was a mass walkout because of the vaccine mandates. Air traffic controllers is, just is walked out. I don't have, well, I have a link here, but let's not, I won't even bring it up. Yeah. It's just, I'm just saying it because everywhere you everything is just, it's all lies. So people walked out of, out of the airport staff, walked out because of vaccination. That's probably why. 
but officially no. Okay. It's just because shortage of shortage staff. of staff. Yeah, staff shortages. People have had a lot. Of people have had enough, or well, some people have had enough, and some people, yeah, definitely the co- the, the vaccine mandates. The government is just off the, off the leash. Like they just don't. They don't. I don't think that it's not even that they ever really cared. They just they've just lost the plot completely, and they're so detached from reality and from what's actually happening, and they're just spiraling downwards towards. There has to be chaos and mayhem coming as a result of all this. You can't yeah. you can't engage you can't, in that much fecklessness going. and that much irresponsible, uh, ignorant, obtuse, myopic policies, uh, and not have some seriously negative effects on society, you know? Yeah, and at all levels and in ways people maybe don't necessarily connect with it. I mean, part of what's infuriating about their droning on about climate change is that there is something up, clearly, with yeah. the weather, at least. Yeah, go to sat.net and check out our, we just published it yesterday, the day before, our week uh, monthly Earth Changes Summary, uh, just to get an idea, this last month and previous months re- as well, but this last month is just like a mass, uh, like a deluge of, it's just been pouring rain. And yeah. uh, I mean, ridiculous, unprecedented amounts of rainfall in a very short period of time, floods, so many places around the world. And the records and are doing they're breaking that. are like weeks old in some cases. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, um, can you pull up the, the tweet I just sent you, Scotty, for a, an example from the last week? Um, scroll up there. Hang on. So before we get on to that, Ryan M said it wasn't a walkout. I have first-hand knowledge. Ryan's talking about uh, about the Jacksonville airport stuff. Maybe he'll let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what, while, he, while he types, we can go back to what's got um, we can go back to the video. <clears throat> Let's go back to that tweet. And can you go up to the top so we can read the text? Okay. Italy. This is two days ago. Italy, a new European record. 30 inches of rain fell in 12 hours. So this is, this is higher than what happened in Germany a few months ago. It's a new national record for rainfall in six hours. European record for 12-hour total. Now, watch the radar of what happened here. You can play this, I think. You see it in the north of the country. It's building up, building up, sitting. And Purple. then it scours the entire peninsula of Italy. Hmm. Yeah. Just that's been going on all around the world and it's having a serious effect on, on on crops. Has been over the course of this year and it's going to there's always a lag with that kind of stuff, but it's going to really hit hard uh this coming this this ne- next year, you know, uh in spring. Um this kind of weather's going is going to continue and it's gonna get worse, uh among other mad environmental uh events and yeah, like we've been saying this winter is uh this winter is going to be going to be scary for other reasons for a lot of people in terms of energy prices and uh, shortages, food shortages. You know, you'll see it build up progressively over the next few months, and then into next year it'll keep going, and it's going to hit a tipping point. Uh, that's our prediction. That's our crystal ball prediction, and because uh, all the signs are pointing in that direction, and it's ripe for it, and all of the factors that would lead to something like that are in play. So uh, it's a fairly safe bet that's what's, that's what's going to happen. There's going to be some version of that. I mean, obviously, we can't be precise about it. 
uh, on either the nature of it or where or the timing. Yeah. But prepare in one way or another, you know, whatever way you see fit for, for, for that kind of eventuality. There's no loss in doing it and you potentially have a lot to gain. So um, did Ryan get back to us? No. Isn't Ryan in Australia? How Ryan do we have first hand knowledge? No, that's Ryan M. Ryan M. That's, that's a, a different Ryan. Okay, so maybe maybe there's something else afoot there. Well, he well I think what he might have been saying was that it wasn't a, it wasn't a walkout; they were kicked out. Right, vaccine mandates, told to leave. Yeah, but they've been those things have been kicking in everywhere. Yeah, we don't have we won't show the video, but Biden boasting that uh, actually one of the airline companies was United Airlines went from fifty nine percent of its employees vaccinated to ninety nine percent. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. But you removed, I think they, they have, they fired 40,000 people mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he replied, which is correct. I know the supervisor at the ATC tower. A positive test case causes the ATC to shut down for cleaning. Crazy. Oh, that's so that's not so also that. crazy. That's another aspect of it. They didn't yeah. say that in the report I have, but. The report you have said uh, staff shortage. Yes. But. Yeah, staff shortage because you sent them all home because you shit your pants over one positive case while everybody's supposedly vac vaccinated. <clears throat> Fucking shit show. The whole thing's a shit show. A ridiculous shit show. In a tweet, Southwest said, quote, ATC issues and disruptive weather have resulted in a high volume of cancellations over the weekend. Disruptive weather. Hang on, we are working to recover our operation. That was the official line on it. I see. So this, see what I mean? Everywhere, this, you can't get. It's like, the, the, no one can just state the facts about anything. Yeah. Even when they're staring no, in the not face. No, you call a spade a spade here. You have to engage in the narrative. You know, you have to engage in the uh, in the comfortable implausible narrative because the reality of the situation is too hard for people to take right so yeah. you just you just go with what the government tells you is actually happening when even though that conflicts with what you're seeing uh with your own eyes and what your brain is telling you and what logic is telling you is happening you sh you can't go with that because it's too much of a it, it it the implications of it are you know too horrible for most people so they say give me a nice narrative you know uh, give me something where it's some kind of a problem that we can solve, either by being vaccinated or reducing our carbon footprint. Then I can at least do something about it. But if it's something I can't do anything about, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. If it's something that's endemic and institutional and it's largely a part of um, of the corruption within government, the endemic corruption within government, and just somebody it's pulling the strings in a way that is almost designing designing it to to, to to go in a in a very negative direction if you if you if that's the implication then it's too stressful it's beyond anybody's so they a lie will alleviate the stress right and people are like lie. like popping no, pills yeah. these days they're absorbing lies like give me some more and they'll it's keep absorbing stressful. they'll keep absorbing those lies and keep acting as if nothing's happening until it becomes way it becomes you know way too serious and way too much in their face 
for them to ignore anymore. But at that point, it's way too late to do anything about it. Even yeah. for a lot of people, it's way too late to prepare or to, you know, so uh, it's not shaping up to be a, a good... Uh, a mass nervous breakdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. As a result of... What did the Bible say? getting real. Huh? The Bible said something about there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. And, that and sounds like it could be on the... Yeah. Gnashing of teeth and clotting of arteries and inflaming of hearts. <laughs> and mashing of keyboards. Mashing of keyboards and lots of tweeting and stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, I think we called called uh, called quits there for today. Um, that was pretty much a it was a pretty broad roundup of what's going on. Um, but it has to be broad these days because there's so many details of so many stuff, so, so much stuff going on, you know. And again, the only way to really understand it is to look at it from a global perspective. And you have to understand that global perspective. Um, and it's that global perspective is to a large extent based in history. And most people today have no understanding of history, of a, a realistic understanding of history, uh, even the last, you know, 70, 80 years, you know. Because um, there's a continuum, you know from the last 70 or 80 years until today. I mean, things have changed and evolved, but it's just got worse and worse in a certain sense. And the people in positions of power have entrenched themselves in positions of power. They're filling their own, they're feathering their own nests at the expense of the population. And there's also an environmental thing that is growing apace with that increasing corruption that seems to mirror it in a certain sense. And it just creates a, it builds up to a situation where everything kind of falls apart, you know? And uh, that's what we're looking at right now. So you better stay tuned for more updates and what's going on we'll be back next week thanks for watching and for chatting i hope you enjoyed the show mash all the buttons you're not talking about conspiracies are you joe yes i am talking about conspiracies absolutely uh, that evil evil word that suggests that <coughs> anybody would ever get together and plot anything uh, that has any negative consequences for anyone else it's a ridiculous contention no one has ever done it in the history of the planet and you should shut up and get the vaccine uh, so until next week yeah mash all the buttons and see you later see you everyone thanks for listening thanks for watching bye -bye. keep calm and do that to zombies that one if you see any see ya can't stop the signal now.